Hello, welcome to Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Halo Infinite. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell folks what it is we do on this podcast? Well, on this podcast, it's actually pretty simple. We like to talk about games. Uh, and I guess I would say the the biggest... Do you, I, I, I want to say that like the biggest thing in games right now is Halo Infinite, right? Um, it's the biggest release that just came out yesterday. The Halo Infinite multiplayer just came out yesterday. Um, but maybe it's not the biggest news in games just because there's always so much shit going on. Yeah, I mean, there there's like a big... I mean, in games vis-a-vis games, not games vis-a-vis industry shenanigans. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Um, it's probably Halo. Because, <laughs> like, one, we're not in a particular... Like, the Elden Ring net, network test ended, right? Which was pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um but in terms of games, you know, it was a stealth drop, which was pretty, um, like, if there was rumors, right? But, like, it was the Halo 20th anniversary, which was the, the event. And uh, they, they dropped the beta, you know, without any pre-warning. And everybody ran to play, um, including us. Uh, including us. Yep. And um, uh, this is technically an open beta. Um, it uh, officially launches on December 8th, which I believe when the campaign is also coming out. Um, the multiplayer is free for everyone forever. Um, it's being supported with a battle pass style system with the new thing or with the uh, the difference here being that um, the battle pass, you buy it once and you keep it forever. Um, so like even if you're out of season, you can keep running on the battle pass. You can't run like you can buy multiple battle passes, uh, but you don't like gain experience on them simultaneously. So like if you play a bunch in the third season, let's say, um, and you would never finish your first season battle pass. You can go back to that, or if you just wanted to finish your season one battle pass first, that type of thing. Um, and the beta, all the beta progress will roll into the official release progress in two weeks. Um, so, so all of that is pretty like good news. And honestly, yeah. I, I, I want to use like I want to use an aggressive term. I want to call that like groundbreaking or whatever. But it doesn't actually seem all that groundbreaking. Um, it just kind of seems like they've they've pulled out a lot of the sort of. Um, you know, uh, FOMO is, is something yeah. that people talk about a lot with games stuff right now. And part of what animates that, right, is the way that a lot of games are structured around a battle pass, right? If you complete your battle pass, you get the thing. And you have that time. You have, like, the, oh, I need to go. You know, like, I was considering picking up Fortnite and taking the battle pass because they had an Aquaman skin. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. You know, like, I want that Aquaman skin, and it's not like I can go back now and get it. I would have had to have done the Battle Pass two years ago, right? Yeah. So it's kind of nice that they have made it so that you can, um, you know, uh, always get the rewards that you deserve, I guess. Yeah. No, it's, um, like like you said, it's not really groundbreaking, but it's kind of like the next step, the natural advancement of kind of like this model, right, is, is a way to do it. Um, and natural advancement maybe isn't isn't the right way to put it, but like a more consumer friendly um, way to do it, which is you know not always a thing you expect out of Microsoft. So uh, good on them. Um, good on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because like Halo Infinite was delayed a year. Right. It was supposed to come out. It was supposed to launch with the Xbox, and honestly, it seems to have coincided with like a a shift from Microsoft from a focus on like hardware to like software. Um, you know. Yeah, they bought Bethesda in that time. Uh, they obviously also bought Obsidian. That was before this, but, you yeah. know, so they've been making big acquisitions. Phil Spector actually tweeted something that says that they may be making another big acquisition soon. People are rumoring that it's Sega, which would be fucking insane. That, that would be that would be fucking nuts, 
right? I, I don't think it's happening, but that's, I, that's what Twitter tells me, man, right? But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and, and, and on top of that, right, like it seems like very openly um, the focus shifted from the new Xboxes to the Game Pass, right? Yeah. As their kind of like primary offering. Um, Game Pass is great value. Um, you know, uh, it's, I don't, I keep my Ultimate Battle Pass up, even though I don't, probably don't use it as much as I should. But, like, Halo's going to launch on it. Starfield's going to launch on it. Um, and, you know, it's it works on PC, too, right? So, if you... Essentially, I think they want you to be playing Xbox on your PC or on your Xbox Series X or on your Xbox um, One. There we go. I, I can never remember what, like, which generation is with which with the uh, with, with the uh, Xbox. Um, but, yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, we played some Halo yesterday. I played some Halo today. Um, what uh, do you do? You have do you have any initial thoughts? So my high level thought, the high level thought that we all sort of said coming out of this, right, um, is how interesting it is that it really feels like Halo, which I think is dumb. It's kind of like you know in that Spider when in the Spider Man game when everybody was like, it really makes you feel like Spider Man. It's like you know that's kind of a meaningless statement, and I feel a similar way about just calling this. You know, it really like feels like Halo, but I just kind of haven't had a first person shooter experience that brought me back to those sorts of mechanics, like the 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 Halo Two, Halo Three era days. Um, and those mechanics uh, in quite a long time, right? And obviously, I'm not a huge first-person shooter guy. You know, like, I don't play the COD releases. I don't play Battlefield or anything like that. But it seems like over time, you know, it really became Battlefield and Call of Duty that defined what it meant to sort of play, you know, like a first-person shooter. And then you have stuff like Apex, PUBG, you know, like... Fortnite, right? Like, these are all kind of co coalescing. But none of those ever felt like Halo to me either, right? Um, it, it felt like they were all kind of modeled after sort of this, like, heavy COD design for for sort of shooters. And so I was really surprised when we were getting back into Halo yesterday. And, you know, like, cover wasn't a huge thing, right? Like, I felt like in Co whenever I was playing COD, I was always very cognizant of cover. And your, and your character is slow. And you have to, you know, you have to... You can't run and shoot at the same time. Jumping is terrible, you know, like terrible and not super useful, right? But in Halo, this has like the very flighty jumps, right? Um, this has uh, the movement. The movement speed of my characters felt really quick, right? Uh, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of I guess chest high cover is really what I'm. There is a lot of kind of general regular right and there's, cover, there's not right? cover that you um, like that you that you like hit the cover button behind right like yeah 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 yeah. that's exactly what i mean right like there's none of that right um which is almost kind of like the defining gameplay feature of stuff like you know fortnite or PUBG, right um where where cover based shooting is kind of the uh the norm a lot of what halo seems to do is like i just sort of I, it's almost kind of like I all in in every single combat encounter, right? Like there are some times when I'm getting shot and I go, I don't want this engagement and I duck behind cover. But more often than not, if I'm getting shot, I am trying to kill the other guy for like as a first order decision, right? Um, rather than sort of hiding behind cover or anything like that. I'm just trying to get like the density to the damage density, right? To kill him before he kills me kind of thing. And all of that has, has created that sort of nostalgic feel. I think that made Halo Infinite feel like a breath of fresh air, 
even though it is stale air from 2004. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, compared to the kinds of shooter experiences I've had recently. And th there's a couple other things there too that I, that that I, I think are worth highlighting, right? Like, um, you know, Halo was kind of like uh, generation defining in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, uh, which is weird because, like, it seems like Gears of War, like, really put set the model for what COD and, and uh, everything else became that, that came to be dominant. But, um, like, uh, no loadouts, right? Like, you pick your weapons up off the ground, but the weapons are in known places, right? Like, a lot of a lot of this yep. game will revolve, like, and we, we were getting used to it when we were playing, but, like, revolves around map knowledge and, like, controlling these points in controlled ways rather than, like, you know, the BRs are, have a high amount of randomness to them, Um yeah, and like showing up and you know like respawning and going. Oh, the the first thing I need to do, I know where I am. I need to go run and pick up this yeah. whatever. I don't know the name of the guns yet, but this gun that I have found and I like it a lot. Let's see if it's if if, if it's back up kind of thing. Yeah, and and on on top of on top of your point about like you know going all in on people, um, there's also much higher time to kills in this game than I feel like there are in like especially COD. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, like. The fact that you even have like kind of a choice as to whether to, to to you know engage or back off is like a thing that that hasn't been super popular. And I think part of the reason why it feels so fresh is because um, Halo Four and Five, Halo Five especially, didn't really feel a lot like Halo, and uh, and as a result, were not as popular. They weren't as dominant in, in the uh, game field. And this feels like it's coming at the right time. Vanguard, <coughs> excuse me, Call of Duty Vanguard just released. And I don't see anybody really talking about it. I'm sure there. I'm sure it'll sell like you know, a billion copies, but probably like half a billion. You know, like you know, slightly less than they usually do because it's not one of the the better rated ones. Um, yeah, I, I don't get a sense that it has like a recapture feel to it. Um, you know, like one of the things that uh, so the the game developer Ghostcrawler, who's like the lead dev on WoW for a long time now, he's like a lead dev at Riot. Um, something that he said is that when games get big enough, they're not looking for acquisition they're looking for recapture right you, chances are if you are a you know a young adult male in south korea you have heard of league of legends you have played league of legends before right so it is not about explaining to you what league of legends fundamentally is it is about recapturing someone who has probably put a certain number of hours into the game by enticing them to get back into it and the same thing applies to wow it applies to cod it applies to you know so many of these other games with incredibly crazy market penetration right what is the new thing that this you know wow expansion this call of duty title this you know w whatever whatever the thing is that is doing that is going to recapture an audience who is already aware of you know the thing right um and i feel like uh with modern warfare right which was maybe that was two years ago what was last year Last year was uh, uh, hold on I, I actually bought these games so I I know uh, <laughs> Black Ops it was Black Ops Black okay, Ops Cold yeah, War so, was last year yeah right 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 okay yeah so with with Modern Warfare I felt that recapture feel a lot there were a lot of people talking about Modern Warfare right um, and and also a little bit I mean Black Ops I feel like Warzone is really what dominated the conversation around Black yeah. Ops right we obviously did an episode on on Warzone we played Warzone. Um, but uh, but I haven't heard I basically haven't heard anything when it comes to Vanguard and it seems like that kind of recapture conversation is happening all around Halo right now like Halo so Infinite. that's that's the interesting thing right because you normally would expect that but like it is 
like it doesn't have that market penetration anymore, right? Like there are probably a bunch of people who are like, you know, we were jo- we've been joking this whole time about like back to middle school, right? There are probably a bunch of people in middle school now who are like, what's a Halo, right? Like who, that's who, true. Who, yeah, I mean, you know, because there's Halo one, two, and three, right? Like the golden era of Halo, I feel like it's Halo two, Halo three, yeah. right? And Halo um, Combat Evolved is also like held in super high regard. It's just you know, like yeah, yeah, Halo Combat Evolved like makes the Xbox a system. Right, like, yeah. um, but like you, I think you're right. Like, um, the Xbox just was kind of up against the PlayStation Two, and like, um, you know, even though it's not remembered in quite these terms, basically, like, it survived on Halo, but like, you know, otherwise, whatever. But yeah, the 360 I mean, really, is really Halo. What I'm saying is like, if I were if I were to approach 20 people and ask them what is your favorite memory of Halo, my bet is that 18 of those 20 answers are going to be revolving around Halo Two and Halo Three. Because I, I those think you can even just. I feel like I think you could cabin that to just Halo Two. Right, like, like the really, best. Really, yeah. Okay, sure, uh, fair enough. Just because, so like, there, there's like some very specific things there, but like, there's like a, a skill pinnacle that kind of hits around there, right? Mm-hmm. Halo Two is also the launch of achievements, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, it's it the launch X, of the Xbox. It was like Xbox Live, right? Which yeah. was, you know, part of what I think made the original Xbox so appealing was that network functionality, right? Which the PS2 didn't have, at least natively. I think you could get, like, an add-on for it or whatever, right? But I remember, be, like, the the legitimate wow moment of going to a friend's house. I had a PS2, right? And going to a friend's house and then, and they going, oh, I'm just playing on the internet. And I remember at the time thinking, like, battle, Battle.net, because I was playing a bunch of StarCraft back then, right? Um, and they were like, yeah, like, Battle.net, right? But, but on the console kind of thing. Um, I think that was... I don't think Halo Combat Evolve had that. I think it was Halo 2 that had that I, Xbox I, Live function. I, I I don't think it was as good. It was de- it was definitely a big. Th- I, I think that was also like right around the time where like broadband ten- penetration really hit. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, two thousand four. That also would have been when you know like Classic WoW was was out. I was yeah, playing yeah. dial up. I was playing Classic WoW on dial up right in two thousand and four. So I don't think the internet capability was going to be that strong. But three years later, right, Halo three comes out two thousand seven with the launch of the Xbox three sixty. Kind of the launch. Ba- it basically the launch. I think it came out two or three months afterwards or something like that. Like it came out that holiday year. Um, and and that was when it was when it was huge. You really I, I feel like there there were a lot of time I played a lot of Halo three. Um, just like multiplayer, like in in high no, school. No, so so I I, I, I agree. College. I, I definitely agree. Like Halo three like I remember the Halo three launch as an event, right? Like I remember playing mm-hmm. It must have been Halo 3. It was like we land. Like we went to a friend's house and we land our four Xboxes together and like had different TVs in different rooms and different teams and just like screamed at each other for a whole night, right? Like that was that was that was that was a great time. And so but like Halo 2, I think like Halo 3 um was was a bit more polished and like I know a lot of people fell off because things like you know what BXR is? No. Okay, so this is like like the the fastest way to kill in Halo Two was battle rifle shoot um, uh, X to like reload and then you cancel the reload with with the um, with with the attack animation um, and that like killed somebody super fast and like that tech fell off with Halo Three and I know a lot of people like like they were like this is like like the um, Smash Four versus Melee thing. Or right, Smash right, Brawl, right. okay. Um, or Smash Brawl versus Melee, even though it's, it didn't have the same problems. I just, you know, I think, like, I think you're you're generally right, but like this is this is maybe like a Jedi versus Empire thing, right? Like, you know, um, but you know, no, no, I don't I don't want to get too caught up on that on that point. But I, I anyway, and then and then after that, there's a bunch of other games, right? Halo Reach, Halo ODST, um, 
Halo Four and Halo Five come out from three four three, uh, you know, in the twenty in the twenty tens or whatever. Um, the the Master Chief Collection, which ironically is the other thing, I never really saw people talk about Halo Four and Halo Three. I saw a lot of people talking about the Master Chief Collection when it came out, which was the remaster of the first three Halo games and got people playing Halo 2 um, and Halo 3 kind of era multiplayer, right, with those same sorts of rules. And I bet that that actually had a pretty big effect on Halo Infinite and kind of the design direction of Halo Infinite. Yeah, I, I, I could buy that. I could buy that. Um but do we do we do we have do you have anything you want to, want to talk about specifically about about our time with with, with Infinite like? Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean so I guess all, all that's just context, right? Yeah yeah. Um, when it came to Infinite itself, I think uh, the thing that was appealing to me was the the time to kill. I think that might be the the core factor that got me into Halo in a way that like. I would have otherwise found frustrating, right? You know, in like in Apex or in um, in PUBG, for instance. I've complained about that factor before, right? But then when we do, when we do, uh, you know, we did our episode on Spellbreak. One of the things I really liked about Spellbreak is that the time to kill was pretty pretty long on Spellbreak. You could have these kind of longer, more drawn out sort of um, sort of skirmishes, and I get that same sort of feeling in Halo. Not quite as long, but Halo Infinite has me making longer term kind of tactical decisions rather than just being like how quickly can i shoot a burst of bullets into somebody's face right um which seems to define you know it's Warzone, uh yeah. apex uh basically every other fps i can think of that i've played in like sort of the the modern um the modern era now i do wonder how much of that is just is design i also wonder if it's like a skill floor skill ceiling kind of thing right are people just not acclimated to the new version of the game i've definitely had some pretty quick kills you know in halo infinite um all things considered right like you know uh there's the shotgun i don't know what weapon that's called but the shotgun basically two shots guys um yeah which I mean, was but fun right like i was just uh, saying you think, think about co kill. about cod right like a shotgun at close range will one shot somebody, right? Like that's true. Yeah, I um, guess. and and I like there there are like the power weapons kill faster, right? Like I think that's yeah. that's, that's, that's part of it, but like um, also like like and like the I think the general idea is that you know you get power in situations rather than like kind of universal power, right? Like you can't yeah. like a sniper rifle will not body shot one kill someone, right? You have to get a headshot for that for that to work. That's the closest thing you can get to like. And then, like the um, the sword bolt, the sword and the hammer will one shot, um, and like you stick people with grenades. Um, but like they all have like, you know, significant counterplay. Those are all very classic Halo rules. Yeah, though. yeah. that was true in Halo Two, right? Right. Um, I guess the gravity hammer wasn't in Halo Two, but uh, the sword was obviously sticking was. The gravity hammer was definitely in Halo Three. Um, it was definitely in Halo Three. I don't know if it might have been remember. in Halo Two. Yeah. I don't super remember. We used to do swords and stickies uh, yeah, yeah. in Halo Two, where you it's just a map of all swords and plasma grenades. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of like fun dumb rules sets like that that we used to play like um rocket launchers and scorpions where you play blood gulch and uh there's a scorpion on either side and all of the weapon pickups are rocket launchers <laughs> yeah we used to we used to play um a variation of juggernaut where like um where the juggernaut was just like super powered and so like it was it was just like everybody had to work together to, to knock down the juggernaut um that i remember having a, a ton of fun fun with um 
but like yeah there was like all sorts of silly custom games that like really became popular and some of that became like you know popular enough that they got their own like official recognizing like the master chief collection which is you know, to be fair, launched as an absolute mess, but got better as time went on. Um, yeah, that's true. Like the soccer game. Um, uh, oh, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was was like, is part of, like, it's like there was a playlist for it in Master Chief Collection. So, you know, that's that's always uh, super, super neat. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the things that was also interesting about, uh, you know, we played um, a bunch of quick play matches. So we played a variety of different game types, right? There's one flag where you know you go pick up a flag and take it back to your base there's capture the flag traditional right you run to the enemy base to pick up their flag run it back to your base um there's like a stronghold game where you have to hold points in order to score points kind of like it reminded me of a rathy basin there's a version of that where the only way to score points is to get all three at the same time so you have to hold three locations at the exact same time there's just regular old slayer right like it felt like there were just a lot of different game modes and especially those objective based game modes um are just sort of more tactically complex uh in a lot of ways that i think was endearing i guess and this is the kind of thing that i haven't seen in a long time um you know obviously there are tactical objectives and there's a lot of tactical gameplay to warzone cod apex right um but it is less sort of directed uh than this you know what actually reminded me the most of is overwatch where you know it is it is pushing a payload or capturing a point right like those kinds of those kinds of things that make me rethink sort of the the game in terms of a team matchup more than the kind of like exploratory sandbox na nature of a battle royale yeah and so that's, that's an interesting point too because like i like i'm thinking like you know cod has those modes too but i think because of the long time to kill you can like put more focus on like actually holding objectives right like it is possible like in COD, like, you know, yeah, there's there's sometimes where it's like, oh, stop killing people and focus on the objective type thing. But, like, it's also a lot easier to, like, kind of have that not be an issue just because time to kill so short, right? Like, you can you can deal with the people that are on the objective, right, as part of, like, your, 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 kill, your kill fun fest. Maybe the game drags out because no one's taking the objective, but it's about that. Whereas, like, if you get distracted, like, engaging in a protracted firefight with someone, that's potential, like, eyes off the... Um, eyes off the objective, right? Or like, and, you yeah. know, it requires a little bit of coordination, right? Like, uh, right before we got in, on here, I played um, oddball with um, my brother and some friends, and um, you know, frankly, the other team just came down as more coordinated than us, right? Um, and you know, we we just kind of, you know, we were kind of getting our sea legs. It's not like a, it's not like I'm blaming them, but like you know, it's just kind of like you know, that's the kind of thing you have to do if you want to be um, successful in this type of game, or if you want to like optimize, which I think maybe is part of why it fell out of favor. Um, because it is, that makes it a lot easier to, um, to basically optimize around, right? Like to like, to stop, right? Like this, this is something we talk about with like League of Legends, right? Like an organized team stomps all over a disorganized team nine out of nine times out of 10, even if, even if the disorganized team, um, is like, is marginally more skilled or even like, you know, I think even, yep. you think you can even be significantly more skilled and be disorganized and still lose to a, uh, uh, an otherwise organized team, um, and uh, that is yeah, not I, great I, I do play. think that that is a, like I would expect a team that's in voice together to beat a team that's not in voice together most of the time, right? Yeah. Um, League does have good ways to communicate without voice, but I just like I just compare kind of the experiences I've had in like a solo queue 
right? Like, uh, the, it is just so much less useful to ping the missing ping than to say in voice, hey, I don't know where, you know, Vagar is or whatever. Right, but to, to that point, right, like, the COD types of games um, are, like, more forgiving about this, like, kind of pick-up-and-play type stuff, right? Um, whereas, uh, like, Halo, I think, relies a lot more on that kind of objective gameplay, um, which is... Uh, yeah, I also think that there's a tactical sweet spot, in a way, that Halo is kind of capitalizing on, right? Like, because Time to Kill is so short in COD, it sort of feels like you don't have room to cognitively think. It's almost like most of your action is based on reflex almost rather than, you know, like re real cognition, right? right. Um, or an ability to communicate with my, like with my teammates about stuff. You can get that, you can get that in Warzone, I guess, right? With like longer, more protracted, where is the, oh, you know, you're pointing stuff, yeah. you're using cover, all that kind of stuff, right? But any kind of like heads up sort of firefight, you almost always can't talk in those. You just kind of have to, the, you just kind of have to go, right? Yeah, yeah. But I feel like because in Halo you have a little bit more time to breathe between, you know, those um, those interactions, right? You open up that level of kind of tactical gameplay such that, like, you know, when we were when we were coordinating for Capture the Flag, for instance, that that did feel like a league match to me. It felt more akin to playing a game of league than it felt like playing Warzone. Um, and I think that comes just almost entirely out of right. Um, out of sort of like time to kill and the and the kind of um, you know there's also a certain level of defensive play that that unlocks right where like I was making certain plays about how to move because I know that I can take a couple of pot shots from somebody you know if somebody is at medium distance and they're shooting me with even even a good medium range you know like a battle rifle or something like that right like I still have options to duck behind cover I have options to jump I have options to you know strafe and serpentine or whatever I don't really feel like I have any of those kinds of defensive options if I'm playing something like cod right yeah. really the only thing that matters in cod is putting my reticule over them and pressing right it's almost entirely offensive gameplay so yeah i don't know that's something <laughs> no no, no. That, that, that definitely that definitely uh makes sense um yeah um and like i was saying i wonder i wonder how this is going to shake out in kind of longer term if like the, the kitties are going to bounce off of it because uh you know, it's like, you know, I, I can't, win, I, you know, I, I can't, like, hit shoot good, right? Like, um, you know, also, like, you're, like, you know, part of the genre, or part of the, the sub-genres, there's no starting loadouts, right? Like, you always start with the assault rifle and the pistol, at least in the kind of the standard matches. Um, yeah, and I know. don't think either of those guns are very good, to be honest. I almost always started a round by running and trying to find something else. I basically never wanted to use yeah. They are they are competent, but like I, I, the design of the game is that like you you don't want to stick with them generally. Um, yeah, uh, maybe you stick with one of them for 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 some reason, but uh, yeah, I mean I I liked using the pistol um, just kind of as a uh, taking pot shots, right? You know, I would sometimes do that over. Actually, I, I I did one of the interesting things. I found myself running out of ammo actually pretty commonly um, because it is pretty punishing in terms of just your ammo reserves. If you are sort of laying down, covering fire, you're just gonna run out. You have like yeah. two or three clips in there. That's it. Um, so I, if I'm taking kind of long range pot shots, a lot of the times I'm just doing that with a pistol because the point is I'm not actually trying to kill the guy. I just want to sort of influence their their move. I want them to know that they are under fire and make the decision to 
leave or engage kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, absolutely. Um, I think part of that also came in the how the, we were tactically playing. You know, something we were doing in Capture the Flag is I was playing goalie, right? I was standing on our flag, right? And um, I didn't feel like I had a good ability like that was where i was really making this decision right someone is approaching i want them to know that i'm here and that i'm defending the flag and i'm taking these pot shots with the you know like with the pistol and so even if it's not incredibly threatening i mean I, maybe maybe they could understand that i'm using the pistol or whatever right um but just as a kind of like a deterrence method almost right yeah like that was kind of that was kind of the philosophy I, I just don't know that i even think that that kind of thing would ever enter my mind in most other first person shooters yeah, no, I, I think I, I think I get what you're saying there. I, I think I think maybe like, I, so it's interesting because I just don't think like you know I don't think COD favors those types of um, matches, right? Like I don't. There's there's generally not from all the COD I've played an, uh, an emphasis on on like capture the flag type stuff. It's mostly kind of like holding points and whatnot, which you know, yep. part part of like capture the flag and oddball is like you can't shoot your gun, right? Like you, you're 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 busy holding the thing, which I think is like kind of disfavored um in, in those types of games uh yeah. So yeah but i i think it's perfect actually right um it's which is you know it it's a real trade-off right you when you have the flag you're a man down essentially yeah. right you can't even use the flag to like this is one of the interesting things like in wow for instance when you hold the flag you it is also a liability but it's also a bonus right the flag gives you bonus damage done and damage taken right um so holding the flag is a, is a risk reward thing right and as a flag carrier i can legitimately outplay somebody right by using that damage bonus to my to my whatever right um but in in Halo, you're not you, there. You have just zero options. You have to get an escort. You have to have a babysitter, as otherwise you're fucked. Right. I mean, you can throw the flag away and try and kill the person, but that's like obviously a, like a higher skill thing, right? Like it's like I actually think that that's part of part of this equation too. Is like because the t time to kill is higher, because there's like these kind of like advanced maneuvers, um, skills a little bit more important. Um, mm -hmm. I know this kind of goes counter to like the coordination thing I said earlier, but I think it's all part of the same package, right? Like. Um, in a game of COD, a very good player can be killed by a very bad player by just, like, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. That is much harder yep. to do in Halo. Um, there's still opportunities, there's still times when it happens, but, like, um, just simple things like, you know, in a assault rifle versus assault rifle fight, um, it, it, a lot of times it comes down to who lands more shots on the other player, right? Like, and, you know, that's a large, large amount of that is skill, whereas um, something like COD, like, you know, it was like, you know, we were talking about the shotgun. You need to land one shot with the shotgun placed right, and you're good, right? And, you know. Yeah, and a lot of the times, like, you know, when I was th when I think about nine out of the ten kills I ever got in Warzone or I ever got in PUBG, they were sort of anticipatory kills, right? It is, I am standing behind the door with the shotgun, and I think someone is coming, and they open the door, and I blast them you know um or i am on top of a ridge with a mid-range rifle a sniper rifle right and i know that there's someone in that house and i just have my reticle over the door or the window and i watch them leave and i and i shoot them right like those are the kinds of things that determine um you know, that determine how and where and when I'm going to get kills and i do think that there is skill in that right you know so for instance something that um i think it was super bunny hop said about 
Siege, Rainbow Six Siege, is um, is that he really liked that kind of gameplay, right? Because Rainbow Six Siege has, you know, you have operators and they all have their own, like, unique little abilities. And most of the time, those abilities are built around this sort of anticipatory gameplay. It is putting a, a roving drone out so I can see where a person is. It's um, it's like you doing a, like, some guy has, like, a wall. He has, like, a little retractable metal plate or whatever so he can kind of hunker down wherever he wants or whatever right and so I, I think there's plenty of gameplay around there i've obviously never played siege i don't know the specifics of this stuff right um but it's just a very different sort of skill set even if i did have that anticipate anticipation in halo and i did plenty of times right like where i could see people were going and they weren't necessarily like you know aware of me or whatever i don't think that translated to kills as often as it did when we were playing these battle royales um and there were plenty of times where i thought i had a i thought i had the jump on somebody and they outplayed me and i died <laughs> yeah no that's 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 the way it goes um and so I think I think the kind of question that comes out of this is like obviously this is kind of like a, a return to an older genre. We've also seen kind of a return to, to the so-called boomer shooters um, that are like they aren't popular in the multiplayer space as much. But like there's a whole company I forget the name of them um, that like their whole thing is they do like these like like not so great graphics, uh, but like like Doom style boomer shooters like this like Hexit like there's like a like a thief kind of one, and I I'll, I, I can figure out um, what they are, but uh, I think they might be published by Devolver. Um, but uh, they th 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 there's a bunch of them. But like that's like a return to kind of like a previous year. This is kind of a return to the previous year. Are, are we cycling out of the COD cycle? Do you think? Uh, Maybe. Um, you know what's what's honestly kind of interesting is I would have expected this to take place with some of these other, you know, like Titanfall, for instance. Um, would it would make sense for me to to think about something like Titanfall? Right, that's fair. As like the kind of game that is making that change, I'm trying to look up these like boomer shooter games. New Blood Interactive is the company I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Um, and there's like Ultra Kill, Dusk, um, a Medieval are like the are like the three uh, big ones. Dusk. Oh yeah, I know Dusk. Yeah, Dusk is the one that's like super. I think Dusk is the one that's out. Um, I think like Ultra Kill. Ultra Kill, I think, is in early access. Yeah, Ultra Kill is okay. in early yeah. access. Mm -hmm. uh, a medieval. Oh, uh, medieval's out. Um, I just don't. It's not as popular maybe as the other ones. Um, uh, but like Dusk, Dusk, I know has a lot of like a lot of attention. Um, yeah, um, and I think they have another game too. Uh, or maybe it's you know something in the in the same same genre. Uh, Dusk. Uh, what am I thinking of? I don't know. Um, but like you know, there there's a revival there, right? Like I arguably Doom. Um, and uh, and the what was the the new Doom called that I can't remember? The, Doom Eternal. Yeah, Eternal are arguably uh, Boomer Shooter revivals. Um. Um, Interesting. Do I think of those as boomer shooter revivals? I do think that there are some core tenets of Doom that show up in those in those games, but I almost kind of think I don't know, like there's that there's that there's that like melee aspect of Doom, like the way you get health and stuff is by getting yeah. like these melee execution kills or whatever. I almost feel like Doom is, like the Doom and Doom Eternal are less revivals and more 
I don't know what I would call this. Evolutions. Like homages or something like like I think I think it is trying to evoke the same feelings you had playing Doom in 1990, but like with modern mechanics that aren't necessarily Doom mechanics. Do you know what I mean? I, I do. I think I think that's probably more true of Doom Eternal. I think Doom 2016 was a little bit closer. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, sure. Um, Doom Eternal almost feels like a a rhythm game in some ways. Um, just because like it's it's based around kind of like rotating through everything. Um, mm-hmm. And like chain kill combo stuff. There really isn't any of that in the original Doom, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the original Doom almost feels like weirdly like a puzzle game by that metric, right? Where it's like, because you're managing stuff like there's a certain amount of ammo on the map. There's a certain amount of health on the map, right? Um, you know, and you can't really uh, fuck around, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but... Point point being is mm-hmm. is we're seeing we're seeing some of these genres start start to like turn over right and like and 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 revive right like you know speaking of kind of like return to middle school AOE four just launched as well which is like you know AOE three yeah. AOE three was like you know like the much like Halo five was kind of like the you know the redheaded stepchild of the AOE family. Um, and AOE 4 has returned to form for AOE 2. I know front of the cast X has been enjoying AOE 4. Um, uh, you know, everything everything uh, old is new again, I guess. Um, I don't know. Do you, you, you have, do you have thoughts about kind of like that, that, that kind of like revival uh, aspect? You know, I think I in, – in a grander in a grander scheme, I think I would have said that progression almost feels like – like linear you know linear right so something i've said before for instance is that um i think humans just are naturally progressive in not not a political sense but in a like a like a scientific sense right it is in it is in human nature to refine and get better at the things that we do over time we, we learn them we understand them better we we unlock new innovations in those things we get better at making those things right which is part of my philosophy that like you know like like movies now are almost definitionally better than movies before just because they have technical things on the movies that came before right so an an earlier an example of this might be something like um you know it's kind of easier to explain, I guess, maybe in, like, the game design space, right? Like, so, for instance, uh, if I'm thinking about a game like um, like Halo Infinite and Halo, right? Halo, the original Halo is a good game, right? But we also have learned just to make higher fidelity graphics, right? And so nobody would go back and tell us that if we were to make Halo with those higher fidelity graphics, that it would be a worse game. Right. You know, like generally speaking, you would want to take those improvements that have been made in the subsequent 20 years, bring them back. Right. And this is also true of like, I don't know, this is true of a lot of games. Right. In World of Warcraft, you would you we, we all enjoy Classic WoW and everything like that. And Classic WoW is its own sort of thing. Right. But there are certain things in retail that people would like to see in Classic. Right. Like transmog or, you know, a lower cooldown on the Hearthstone. Right. Like little tiny changes that have accumulated over the years that if you were to say okay but would classic wow be bad if it had this the answer is probably no right um etc right but i actually wonder if 
this is proof that things are a little bit more cyclical than that in a way, right? Where it is less about getting strictly better over time, right? And more about falling into and out of sort of an amorphous kind of like uh, almost zeitgeist, right? Where it is like, okay, in the middle of the 2000s, we iterated on the Halo formula and eventually got to the COD formula, right? The, and, and, and the COD formula of games became immensely popular 2008 and then kind of dominated through the next couple of years. Modern Warfare 1, Modern Warfare 2 probably have the uh, same level of like love and clout that Halo and Halo 2 did, right? Um, but if we are now kind of returning back to that Halo and Halo 2 era of design, right, it almost sort of suggests that there is that sort of weirdly cyclical nature to, um, to game design, right? And that maybe as things change, they become sort of like frustrating and then they grate on you and then they revert and change back, which is maybe a bigger answer to that question than you might have No, 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 no. I, but do you see what I'm getting at? I, I do, and I, I don't know if I... So I, I don't know if I agree that, like, iterating on Halo got us COD. I think that, like, COD... Like, because what I see is, like, COD dropped and happened to hit at the right time with the right kind of mechanic. The same way that, like, PUBG did, right? Like, PUBG sure. isn't an iteration on COD. It's just kind of, like, a, a new thing that happened to grab everybody's hearts and minds, as it were, Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's less of an iteration on COD. It's more of an iteration on FPSs, right? COD is an iteration on the FPS genre that supplants Halo, right? And maybe you make the argument that PUBG, Fortnite are iterations on the FPS genre that supplant COD in a way. Sure, but, like, they're they are not... Because, like, I... Iteration implies... Like, like you said, kind of iteration implies, like, an improvement. But I don't know if it's an improvement so much as it is just, like, something different that's, like... And maybe this is part of this is just kind of, like, the way that... that that companies tend to glob onto trends, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, we have had, you know, so many CODs and CODs likes and so many battle royales um, for the past handful of years that Halo feels like a breath of, breath of fresh air again, right? Like, you can either advance the genre by producing something totally new, right? Like, you know, I can, you know, you know if I can predict it, I'd make it and sell 30 million copies, right? But, like, you know, something totally new that takes... Um, the FPS genre by storm, or you can go back to an old breath of fresh air uh, with a good execution on an old idea, right? Like whether that's a Doom 2016 in the single player space or a Halo Infinite in the multiplayer space. I'm kind of or you know, I mean, I feel like indie games. Ha this happens in indie games all the time, right? You know, you have uh, like Super Meat Boy is sort of a return to like 2D platformers like Mario or whatever, right? Yeah, maybe, uh, but but like. I don't know if the platform. Well, I guess it's a return to two platformers or a three D, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm I buy mean, that. I, I, maybe that's incorrect. I'm not a platformer person. Obviously, I just feel yeah. like I I I am agreeing with you. Yeah, <laughs> that's the no, point. No, no. Um, uh, but it, I, part of the problem is is like it is very hard to have a massive multiplayer hit um, in the indie space, right? Um, especially one yeah, that requires true, like true. large amounts of like network resources because it's money, right? Like it's money that yep. that indies don't have. Um, you know, Valheim works by having like by being relatively small multiplayer pools and like you know being hosted theoretically. I think it's hosted. It's not hosted on Valheim stuff. It's hosted on a, not hosted. Yeah, it's it's peer to peer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's not really competitive, so it's, that, that's not an issue, right? Like, um, like 
Halo has to be by somebody like Microsoft. Um, even PUBG, like a small company, has still had like significant resources behind it. It wasn't like a four-person studio, right? Like it was. You know, yeah, I, I mean, they had millions of dollars. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and even stuff where it's like Fall Guys, right, or Among Us, right. I still think that. Um, well, I don't know. I guess maybe. Do, uh, how much do you think games like those are fads in comparison? Um. Hmm. So I think that's like a a very different phenomenon in that like those are like Twitch bait, <laughs> um, which is like I, I, I like I don't think Among okay. Us gets popular if it doesn't blow up on Twitch, sure, um, and encourage like what are essentially crossover events, um, yeah. and like they're fun in their own right, but like Twitch and or not, Among Us and Fall Guys lasted longer in the Twitch space than it did in kind of any real like real life space. Like we played Among Us a couple of, a handful of times, but like. Nowhere near as much as we played any of the battle royale games, right? Like, yeah, that's true. That's um, true. Uh, and like, not that like, not that like, Fall Guys isn't a, isn't a, isn't a fun game, but like, you you run out of steam pretty quickly with it. Um, uh, and so I think I think I think they tend to fall into that category. I think I think there's also like maybe a case for. Um, like Twitch games, like Twitch bait games, also being something along the lines of kind of like party games, um, in an era that just doesn't have a lot of like, like like you're essentially vicariously partying through the Twitch streamer. Whereas like you could play those in like a like a party setting, right? Like something like a Jackbox game or a Mario Party game. Um, but those also like those aren't like long run time investment games, if that makes sense. Like like a league or a, or a, you know, like people, like I'm sure people will play Halo competitively. It's got a, it's got a ranked button that I haven't touched yet. God forbid, right? Like, um, But I'm sure they have some kinds of rewards to fight for in the same way that like, wow, it's ahead of the curve or yeah. league has, you know, like Victoria skins, right? You know, like there are, there are reasons to do, uh, to like to climb the ranks and do the ladders, right? Which, by the way, is part of what the, what animates this like FOMO stuff we were talking about, and what I find is interesting about those battle passes, right? Um, you know, somebody on the WoW subreddit today posted that the thing that made him unsubscribe from the game was FOMO rewards, right? Um, which is stuff like KSM, right? So you get Keystone Master, completed fifteen of every dungeon, and you get the mount, right? And I, that was a very weird thing to me because my on my perspective on that, KSM isn't a f like, I guess I understand the function of its FOMO, but that is a side effect of providing a reward for a player like me, right? Someone who is achieving inside of any given Mythic Plus season, right? You know, if I, if I put the time in to learn the dungeons, to learn the affix, to, you know, gear my character or whatever, I want a reward for that stuff. That reward is the Keystone Master mount. Right, and that mount would not feel like a reward if it got given away to everybody who completes a plus two. Yeah, for instance, I mean, it, or something like that. Th right? There is a, there's um, a, there's a level of FOMO to that, but like it it it's justified in a way. Like there, there, it's a sliding scale, right? Like it's like how much yeah. how much FOMO is acceptable, right? Like we've had like, um, we've had like seasonal PVP gear in WoW for a long time, right? Like yeah, and we've had seasonal mounts for much. The seasonal mounts started in. The Burning Crusade, the very first WoW expansion, right, had gladiator mounts, right, um, for, you know, like the top end of players. And that's really what, you know, I like when I think of KSM, KSM is is a gladiator mount reward, um, though I think it's probably a little bit less than gladiator level. There's also there's also the the seasonal PVP mount that is um, 
that's just like it's like win a hundred arenas or something and you get a mount for that um at a certain level you have to get you you get to like arena rating 1400 you win 100 matches at 1400 you get a you get a mount from that that's like the you know like the alliance war hippo or whatever the fuck that that mount is right um but um that mount isn't quite FOMO because you can still buy it later, right? Because every time, what happens is when you get that 100, you get a token and you can buy any of the any of the mounts. And that includes all of the old ones too. But if I get Gladiator in season one of Shadowlands, right? If I get the, the sinful Gladiator for season one of Shadowlands, um, that mount, that I only get that for getting to whatever Gladiator rating is, like 2.1K or something like that. Um, inside of that season individually, right? There's just no other way to to get that mount. And I kind of think that's also sort of fair because, like, the challenge is also oh, yeah. sort of locked. Like, so, for instance, in um, season one of Shadowlands Myth Mythic Plus has the prideful affix, right? I can't, I can't go play the prideful affix anymore. That's just, like, an impossibility, right? There's no way for me to go, you know, even if I did get ksm in season two there's just like no way for me to re-simulate sort of the challenge of that um and so it kind of just it feels like that wouldn't really make sense do you know what i mean yeah yeah no I, I, absolutely and like 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 i think part of the, the, the problem here is like people want to be like all fomo's bad and it's not right like you you have to you have to have like 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 some sometimes it makes things compelling right like you know ahead of the curve yeah. is compelling because you know like like the games can't stay the same forever, right? Otherwise, you run out of things to do, and it's like a reward for like doing content at at speed, essentially, right? Like at at the difficulty level it was intended to be. Um, yeah, and I think the, in a weird way, the battle pass system that you describe actually kind of does satiate that, right? Because I guess I I, I don't know. Is there anything more complex to the sort of gameplay of the season by season of Halo Infinite? Um, I don't, I mean, there might be patches, but like that shouldn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't affect it in the same way that like, you know, ahead of the curve was. See, this, this is yeah. what battle pass. Ahead of the curve is a completely new boss, right? You yeah. Know? And I would maybe understand it if like, if in Halo Infinite, each of the seasons, like let's say there was a seasonal modifier, right? There's only certain maps in the pool. There's only certain guns, right? At the end of the season, all that stuff goes away. There's new guns, new maps, for instance, right? Maybe then I would understand um, or I would think it's radical that you can farm an old battle pass on new content, right? Um, but I just sort of don't think that that it's it's a really one to one comparison because at the end of the day, what is the difference between season one and season three of the Halo Infinite battle pass? Probably not that much, all things considered. There's maybe some new stuff added into the pool, and I'm sure there's a meta and all this other sort sort of stuff, right? Like they'll rebalance the guns or whatever. But I I, I don't get the sense that it's going to be something like fundamentally new or different. Is that right? Yeah, that that is that is my understanding. And I, I think part of it okay. is that like the battle pass, like battle pass rewards as a kind of rule are fundamentally divorced from the actual gameplay, right? Like sure. it's like kind of like you grind in certain ways to like get a number to go up, and then you will achieve the reward, and you can substitute whatever you wanted for those number ups, right? Like uh, whereas K KSM and ahead of the curve are like accomplishing specific tasks, right? That are like yeah. that, are, that are that are particular, right? Like if if KSM was like you know, clear X number of dun like, you know, a Keystone Master is clear every dungeon over this, right? Like, it was just like, you know, you get, like, 
a point for every dungeon you clear over some level, right? Like, then maybe it drifts more into that FOMO territory, right? Like, if you could clear Theater of Pain at 16, like, 30 times and get KSM, maybe it starts to drift into that FOMO territory. Um, I actually think it's it's even more complex than that because of you know I, I remember thinking yesterday when I, when we were leveling up at the end of every at the end of every map right it would show you your like little quest progress or challenge progress it's like oh you know there was one thing where I killed somebody what I, it's not called the backstab but it's what is essentially the backstab you hit somebody in the back of the head with a melee auto auto kill in Halo right um, and there's a challenge to do that five times or whatever I got like two of them or something in a map. Um, and then that rewards experience, and then that experience goes into your battle pass or whatever, right? And that process sort of creates this kind of fungibility of all of these different tasks, right? So it's kind of like in a world where I could get KSM by killing bosses in particular ways or like in particular orders or with particular whatever, right? And there's a million different of these things, right? And that all funnels into this one number in Halo Infinite that's that's experience, obviously. Um, that kind of obfuscates the whole process that it becomes this sort of soup of just do the content and the rewards pop up as a little bonus, right? Whereas when it comes to KSM, I'm very particular, right? You know, so for instance, the things that we're hunting right now are all of the plus 20 keys. And we have seven out of the eight dungeons, right? We've, we've cleared everything except for Mist of Tear to Scythe at a plus 20. And it's just because we haven't had a lot of rolls on a plus 20 key. Like we did two dungeons last night back to back just to re-roll all of our keys so that we could see if we could roll a, a plus 20 mists and try that and try that key. That's like a very particularized and directed kind of like goal oriented, task oriented, you know, dungeon hunting yeah. kind of thing. Um, and I bet that that would happen in very high levels of Halo Infinite, right? Like if I was grinding out 50 hours of Halo Infinite, I might be checking my challenges and kind of orienting my gameplay around that a little bit more. But in general, I sort of get the feeling that Halo Infinite is just kind of haphazardly rewarding you for random bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at the end of every mass, at the end of every match, you just kind of get number go up, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, so I, whereas you know, KSM, AOTC, Gladiator, all of these are like very particularized. You know, I have to meet a certain incredibly clear objective, and my focus is that objective. Yeah, right. I, I think part of that is just that, like, I think Halo Infinite's bad at servicing challenges, like, as, like, a matter of interface design. Because, <laughs> like, you know, the analog, like, I've played a fair amount of Apex Legends, and they're very clear about, like, what your challenges are, and that does influence your gameplay, I think. But, That's true. I mean, that was also true of COD when we were playing Warzone, because yeah. Warzone also has very clear challenges with, like, contracts or whatever, and we were making our decisions about that, where it's like, oh, we, we should go do this contract for the for the mission, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, and and I don't think that's like I don't think that invalidates the point, right? Because I, I think like like I think I think the big best analog might be like dailies back in like Pandaria, right? Where it's like, you know, you have to kind of like do these five things a day and you'll get like X amount of rep and that like rep break points will be able to like get the bout or whatever. Yeah, that's fair. <coughs> excuse me. Um And I think I think Honestly, that's pro I think part of that's that that being a pain in the ass and a grind, not particularly fun, is why they moved away from that model um, in the later expansions, right? And like, yeah, um, I think that's part of the the pain point of battle passes, right? Is like you know, oh, I have to go do all of these things, all of these weeklies, um, even in, in ways that like maybe I don't particularly like to play, 
in a, in order to like unlock this battle pass, and I only have a certain amount of time to do it in. Right, like like that. that yeah, I mean that feeling is FOMO. Right. Yeah. You know, it is the feeling of it's almost sort of an opportunity cost. Right. But I, I, I'm getting this with Hearthstone. Right. So I've, I've been playing Hearthstone. Hearthstone has a battle pass now. And um, and what that you know, the use it, it's actually very similar to the old function where every day you get a new quest, your quest gives you a thing. Right. It used to just give you raw gold. It would give you 60 gold, 80 gold, whatever. Right. Now it gives you a an amount of experience it'll give you 1200 1500 1800 experience points or whatever that experience funnels into the battle pass and every time you level up in the battle pass you get 50 gold right that kind of a thing and there's that real feeling of oh my god uh, it's the end of the week and i have three weekly quests all of which give 3000 experience which is like a pack each right you know and i have to go clear i have to clear these these out or else i will miss out on the oncoming weeks worth of weekly rewards right you know because if i have a weekly reward or i have a weekly quest in my quest log i won't get that refresh i won't get that rewall and i will be down the opportunity cost of three thousand experience because of it that's interesting that's something that has has been written out of wow to a certain extent with 9.1.5 right you know they got rid of the Torghast cap, they got rid of um, the Valor cap, right? And just, hey, if you want to do this thing, just farm away, man. Like, go go fucking bananas. Yeah, I mean, and I, I don't think, like, like part of the thing with, with Torghast and whatnot is you had more than enough time to get, like, um, this, the mats you needed for, like, one or two or probably even more legendaries, mm -hmm. right? And, like, you, you know, like, if you're collecting them, sure, but, like, realistically, you're not going to need more than one or two of them, um, at least, at least at, at this point. Um, uh, and I, so like, I think that kind of avoids the problem too. It's, it's interesting you bring that, bring up the Hearthstone thing. It's like, that basically was me the last time I played, uh, arena, magic, magic, arena. Like I would get up, like I was getting up and like playing like three or four matches of magic to like max out my daily. And then I was like, Oh, well, I need to stop doing this. Right. Like, um, and I think like, and that's the interesting thing about, about the Halo infinite battle pass. Right. Is like, if you like you know, you pop in and your dailies are like, you know, get, you know, four kills with, with the plasma rifle. You're like, I fucking hate the plasma rifle, right? You can, like, not do that and not worry about not being able to finish your battle pass on time, right? Like, you know, maybe yeah. it means you won't be able to, like, immediately, you know, run down your season two battle pass. But, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's one of the nice things about, you know, uh, like, WoW and Hearthstone, I, I guess, both sort of dodge that because the... You know, in WoW, the Battle Pass is essentially Renown, sort right. of, right? Um, and in Hearthstone, the Battle Pass is the Battle Pass. But I completed the Hearthstone Battle Pass, like, a month after the expansion came out. And I've just been in, like, the max ranks or whatever. Um, and, you know, I didn't grind out th that much Hearthstone. I, there was one period where I was grinding to get back to Platinum. Because I was when I was playing Hearthstone before I got to Plat and I started again and I was uh, I was bronze right you know because if you're off the game for a certain amount of time that you lose all your MMR basically um, but otherwise you know like uh, and in that even I think was after after I completed the battle pass because it was after the the patches so I guess it's just a matter of like can you give players enough time that they won't feel you know that they won't feel like behind. Um, like, I'm sure if somebody were to buy the United in Stormwind Battle Pass right now, it would be incredibly hard for them to complete it. Uh, 
But I think if they bought it a month ago, it's probably done by now. Yeah. If they've been playing on a semi-regular basis, right? Yeah, I I think that's, like, the key to, like, avoiding these FOMO problems is, like, making it not so... um, not so obscene that like you feel like you have to be playing all the time in order to, in order to catch up. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's the reason, right? Like you, that's the reason this stuff is limited. You know, uh, I had a post of mine on the, on the wow subreddit go like go to the front page because I just pointed that out to people, right? Like there was a while where time gating was this thing where people were like, wow is so bad because it's time gated. There's all this time gating. Right. And I was like, Time gating is kind of what we asked for because time gating is the opposite of the endless grind in BFA and Legion, right? Because the artifact power was explicitly not time gated. You could just sit there and farm islands all fucking day if you want. And people said this was terrible. And I actually liked that, right? Like I was the person that was against that change and I still sort of am against that change, right? Um, but um, but that's the reason why Torghast is was capped was so that you didn't feel like you had to sit there and spam Torghast for five hours on patch day to level your, you know, your legendary to max immediately, right? The cap is there to sort of meter out and, t- and sort of say, hey, man, sometime this week, find a time, do both wings of Torghast. That's it. You know, like... <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I, I, I feel like there's, like, some weirdness there in particular just because, like, Torghast feels like it needs, it needs to cap less. I, I, th- I think, like... You know, it's probably a good thing overall that, like, you know, you don't feel like you, like you said, you have to spam Torghast five times. But, like, there's only so powerful your, um, what's it called? Your, uh, your, your, your legendary gets, right? It gets, like, hits, mm-hmm. like, that, the max eye level, and then that's that, that. Whereas, like, um, the, back in Legion, which is the last time I, I played significantly, like, you know, you, you had traits to just keep dumping your fucking, uh, you know, anima reserves into or what's, you know, whatever the fuck it was called. Artifact power. Artifact power, yeah, um, into. And so, like, you could just infinitely spam it, right? Like, um, but yeah. And that was, the, I mean, one of the craziest things about early Legion was the capstone trait just increased all, it, it was a flat damage modifier of 1%, right? Increased all your damage by 1% per level, and it scaled infinitely. I actually don't know. It might have had a cap, but it, it, it went up a bunch, right? And uh, and that was too much power, right? That was too much pe- People were like, what, 1%, 1% power? Oh, my God, I have to farm, you know, like, mob souls 600 times in order to, like, in order to max this thing out, right? Um which is which is interesting. I think that's something that that's something about the psychology of a WoW player that I have a very hard time understanding. You know, like so for instance, people complain about having to do the Corthia grind, right? And um, and how it's oh I, I, you have to you have to grind out the archivist's codex, right? Because you know you have to get two fifty two. It's the only way. It's the only, it's the only way to get two fifty two conduits, right? And it's one of two ways to get gem slots on on all of your gear. Um, but I, but just to prove a point in another post of mine on Reddit that this one did not go <laughs> to the front page. This one got downvoted to oblivion. I did all the math. I simmed my character a couple of times, just changing, manually changing the eye levels to show the difference. <laughs> and I demonstrated that the amount of power I was getting from my Corthia upgrades equated to 0.6% of my overall DPS. It was like... 200, like 212 DPS or something, right? Came from getting my eye level two, 226 conduits to eye level 252, right? Um, <laughs> but like, you know, 
I I don't know that I don't know that the number matters, right? At a certain point, just the idea that people aren't optimized is um, is a real point of huge frustration for WoW players. And I that's tough. That's yeah. a tough one to deal with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I don't know. That's what you're playing for, I guess. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't, I don't even think the court grinds that bad, right? Like, <laughs> like. It's like, you know, half an hour, an hour to, like, do the dailies for Corthia. Um, and, you know, you're there, right? Yeah, I mean, my thing, I I mean, I like grinds like the Corthia grind because I like having a reason to play. I just want to play the game, dude. You know what I mean? I like World of Warcraft. I want World of Warcraft to give me good reasons to fucking play it, right? Um, and part of that is saying, oh, hey, if you do this, if you come in, do your fucking Corthia dailies every day, here's you there there's power for that there's a there's a reason for you to do that right and in a world where you know that doesn't exist i just don't have a reason to do things and that sucks and is unfun yep yeah yeah fair enough um but i guess i don't know that's like that's different than halo infinite i wonder if people i wonder if like a hardcore halo person would have an interaction with that like with the battle pass though right like where they are uh you know like they 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 uh, no longer feel compelled or they do alternatively like really kind of like feel compelled to do this thing for whatever reason um yeah I, and uh i, I imagine that's like frustrating i imagine it won't be just because like the rewards are neat but like everything still looks very halo it's not like you know you're getting aquaman as a skin right you're getting like a slightly different piece of meal in their armor right like um, and like you're getting like yeah, that's true. color schemes that like I think the bigger criticism of the paddle pad is going to come from like the opposite direction which is like I used to be able to do most of this for free in the old halos and now I have to like go get a color palette instead of being able to just ma manually set my colors um, yeah that's true um, I also think that you could get the criticism of it's just not interesting it doesn't yeah. provide me with anything cool more fun there's no reason for me to yeah you know I mean but I think part of it is that like you're playing Halo to play Halo, right? Like you're not playing Halo to, um, uh, uh, you're not playing Halo necessarily for the battle pass, right? Like, you know, I mean, you say that, but I actually do think that it is becoming more and more of a an animating factor for players playing. You know, like uh, something I just I described the the fundamental game design engine behind WoW, for instance, is do content get rewards, right? right? You know, you do content, you do Mythic Plus, you do raids, you do PvP, whatever you do, you get gear out of that, right? These are these are rewards. You get mounts, you get whatever, right? And those two things, when those two things are working in tandem, that is what when the game is fun, right? I want to be doing Mythic Plus because Mythic Plus is fun, but I also want it to give me powerful rewards, powerful gear. Sure. Um, and I think that the the prevalence of battle passes right like that kind of behavior um in games is more and more common right like i th the do content get rewards goes back as far as wow does right like that's part of yeah, i mean it goes, I, I think it goes wow i think it goes back further than that even right like sure uh, like, yeah sure 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 so, so i just think that like 2004 halo 2 doesn't have to do content get rewards. That's not yeah, part yeah. of the, the loop, right? But I think it probably is part of the loop for people playing FPSs in 2021. Uh, so I think I think it definitely is, but I don't think it necessarily needs to be, if that makes sense, right? Like I think I think like game like it's definitely a, an enticement, but like so I think this goes back to kind of like the you know, this is a caught error, right? Like every game started getting RPG elements, right? Where you could level level like different parts of your gear up to kind of like incentivize you to keep playing. Um mm -hmm. And the, the thing about a battle pass is essentially 
that treadmill, but without having like the weirdness of, well, I've maxed out my gun and there's nothing more to get on it. So maybe I'll switch to a different gun and like, you know, trade, trade out power for like the dopamine hit of leveling something up. Right. Like, yeah. Power um, for like that progression feel. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because the battle passes are like all cosmetics. Right. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, and you know, there's like, there's some like little things in, inside, but, but for the most part, it's basically cosmetics. It's just like the way things feel and the way things, um, the way things look, and it's it's a way to essentially get that RPG progression, but like for something that's infinitely repeatable and like game meaningless, meaning, meaningless gameplay wise, um, for the most part. Um, and so I, I I think you're I think you're right, but like my my point is simply that Halo goes back to that era where that wasn't a thing, and so I don't know if you need the battle pass to make <coughs> Halo attractive, essentially, right? Like. The same way that, like, League, right? Like, you could just fight on rank, right? It's like a thing, you know, do content, get reward, but reward is, like, you know, competitive standing. Um, uh, you say that, though, but League has introduced Hexec chests and those keys and skin shards, right? You know, like, when sure. we first started playing League, the the reward, I guess, was runes and champions, right? You know, you were, you were getting IP, spending that shit on runes and champions or whatever. But, like, now, right, like, you're getting chests. You're unlocking those chests. Those chests have these key, these things. The skins are in there. I think there are more rewards to unlock so, by playing League in 2021 than in 2010. So, so I definitely agree it's there. I definitely think that's part of their strategy to get people to play more, right? Like, but I also think that, like, the... The overriding factor for League is still probably, like, your rank, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, versus – or, like, you know, intrinsic fun of the game, right? Like, you're playing the game to have fun, right? Like, that, that is, yeah. like, the base of every game. That's, like, all there was in Halo, you know, like, Halo 2, right? Like, you're playing the game because you like playing the game, right? And we added these numbers because everything needs, like, a, a treadmill to, to, to run up. But, like, I think the, the, the more fundamentally fun your game is, the less you need to, like, rely on those things. Um, uh and, you know, like, frankly, like, for me, ahead of the curve would be fun. Or, like, you know, I want to get ahead of the curve in WoW. But, like, a lot of what I'm playing against is my own DPS number, right? Like, my own parse my, my own parse number, right? Because, like, that's, like, yeah. me, like, performing, right? And, like, that's something that's 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 interesting to me. And, you know, part, part of that, too, obviously, is that, like, you know, I can't control what the other 14 people on the raid are doing. So, you know, I can only, <laughs> I can only measure myself. Um, but, uh, you know, I think... I, I don't think you're wrong. I just think that Halo has kind of those old school kind of, you know, play the game to have fun legs um, that, um, that, that I think can, 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 can hold it. Not, not that I don't think that, like, Fortnite isn't fun, but, like, something, something about the Battle Royale games is there's, there's a lot of randomness to them. And so, like, you know, there's, there's an inherent amount of unfairness to them, right? And, like, um, I think the Battle Pass helps mitigate some of that. Um, whereas um, a game that is more focused on being competitive and fair tends in the other direction, right? Like, like you know, League has battle passes, but um, and I've I've you know screwed around with, with them sometimes, but I don't necessarily think that they're like the animating force behind a lot of things. Also, just because League games are too long for that to be practical, right? Like, you know, um, you can maybe get like one extra League game in, and like League does a pretty good job of the. Um, like the steps on the past being less kind of like being less controlling of how you play and more of uh, kind of just like things you can get while you play, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, uh, that was one of the things I thought was crazy coming back to Hearthstone because they added achievements to Hearthstone. And I thought achievements for a long time, like, I think achievements are very scary in a PvP scenario, right? Because if you if you implement an achievement that is a, uh, like, a weird thing that wouldn't normally kind of happen, you're creating an incentive for people, like, not to kind of play their best or whatever. Right. right? Um, and so, like, the danger in League... I mean, in League, they, they kind of have achievements now. I guess they have Eternals or whatever. I don't know. I think that whole system is, like, dumb. It's like, it's like knock people up with Yasuo's fucking tornado or whatever, right? Um, but in a world where... Uh, but the thing, the thing that was crazy about Hearthstone is Hearthstone has a lot of achievements that are crazy, right? Like, one of the achievements is to, like... Um, get the kill on somebody with like the you know the, in the most recent set they have elwin boars and if you if seven elwin boars die over the course of your game you get the sort of a thousand truths from the south park world of warcraft episode right and the sort of a thousand truths is like a 15 damage you know weapon right like it's basically game over but um one of the achievements is to kill somebody with with the sort of a thousand truths to, to attack someone's face they die from the sort of a thousand truths or whatever um and it incentivizes people to play weird-ass decks. That deck's not good. That deck is awful, right? But now, all of a sudden, there's a reason to do it. There's a reason to play it, right? Um, and I think that that's actually kind of interesting. In Hearthstone, there's no downside to that because you're, you're not fucking over anyone yeah. up. Yeah, it's one-on-one. -on -one. There's no teammate that you're screwing over because you're hunting for, you know, Elwin Boars or whatever when they're trying to, like, win, right? Um, but... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a whole thing. Lou says uh, Eternals are just weird. It's all peacocking. At least so they're, they're they're there for the feel goods, and I think that's like fine, right? Like, you know, if you're not if you're not causing your your teammate to, your team to lose because you're doing a bunch of bullshit, right? This is something I didn't like about like the uh, the Apex battle passes. Like, get like you know two kills with like a pistol or whatever. It's like, well, pistols are not necessarily the best weapons to be carrying around, right? Like. Um, yeah, I think the ideal scenario is it is not incentivizing you to do a weird thing, but rewarding you for do, to, for doing something more or less in the in the middle of that you would normally do anyway, right? Like yeah. so, for instance, the Yasuo Eternals are knock two people up with the ultimate, right? You know, so it's like try and hit your ultimate on more than one person. Fair enough. It's like block projectiles with wind wall. Well, that's the whole point of wind wall is for me blocking fucking projectiles. So sure, that's fine. And I don't remember. There's a third one. But it's just like that kind of stuff. Right. You know, I am doing those things as a matter of course when I am playing Yasuo. So I don't feel any particular need to be making different gameplay decisions in order to meet those like Eternals requests, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also weird because, like, you know, like in COD, they were like, you know, like, get X number of kills with this, like, you know, with, with like, shotguns or whatever. It's like, you know, maybe I'm not the best with shotguns, but it's also, like, low stakes in a COD deathmatch game, right? Just like it's kind mm -hmm. of, like, low stakes in a Halo Infinite, um, uh, Halo Infinite, like, quick playlist, right? Like, you know, yeah. yeah, you might not win, but, like, that's also, like, not the end of the world, right? Like, um. I do think that, that like, Halo could cause problems because, like, get three kills with a battle rifle. It's like, well, I need to go find a battle rifle then. And, you know, maybe I'm taking the battle rifle when it's not what I should be taking because I want to get the, 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 the battle pass thing. But, like, so far that hasn't been a problem. Um, and I think, like I said, in quick play, it's not the end of the world. It's just, like, I don't think it's great design, but I don't think it's got a problem. Um, this reminds me a lot of, like, of, like, the stuff we were talking about with New World where, like, there are some, like, 
base problems with some of the design decisions in that game, but like they are not a real issue because there just isn't a ton of people playing. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, which is an, an, an interesting solution to that problem, I guess, is like rely on on uh, on it not being a problem because it's not popular enough. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we've got, we've got over on our, on our, uh, topic time. Um, but, uh, how was, how was your week? I played league and it fucking sucked. Oh, it was the worst decision Did... I ever made. <laughs> have, have you been watching the show? Is that why you went back to it? No, it was honestly, um, so it was Saturday night and, uh, and what happened? Oh, right, right, right. So it was Saturday night. And I was raiding, so you know, I was raiding on Saturday. We did a normal raid. It was it was fun. I went in there on my my alt, and we just like we actually one shot basically everything. I think we died once on like Kelta. Oh, we died on Fate Scribe, and we died on Keltazad. But otherwise, it was a one shot through the entirety of like normal Sanctum on alts, which was actually pretty fun, right? Like, um, just experiencing the 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 boss fights from a different mechanical point of view is. A lot of fun and um and then i got a ping so after the raid ended i got a ping from you know my friend dave on my mythics team and he was like hey well you know we're not pushing mythics tonight because our tank is out but like we want to we want to do some gaming so i went into their server and they were playing tft and i was like oh this is a perfect thing to do on saturday night charles friend of the cast charles pow had asked me he was like hey i'm playing league again so if you ever want to play league hit me up and i was like okay and i sent him a message i was like okay tonight now or never right you know i it's me three other guys we're in the league client and we're thinking about playing league and uh and then we did and we lost all five games and it fucking just sucked and i had zero fun and i was like why did i fucking do this and then we played one aram and won that and I was like, good, I want to uninstall and never touch this dumbass game again. <laughs> <sighs> oh. Man, we spent so much time playing that game. I know. Every I know, I know. <laughs> and every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, maybe I should check it out again. Like, we're supposed to get maybe get news on the, um, on the fighting game this month. Um, and, you know, that's, like, interesting to me, but, you know, obviously not to... You know, it's like oh, and you know, like like I said, the TV show is coming out weekly. It's like, should I should I go back and uh, check this out? <laughs> I hear the TV show is good. I, I really, I am mad. I, I despise League lore. I have just like I don't know. I'm I do not like League of Legends lore. Fair enough. Fair Which enough. sucks. You know, like I like you know, I'm friends with people who wrote that lore, right? Um, but I just think that League of Legends lore was, um, I don't know, it was very frustrating and bad. It made me feel bad for, like, paying attention to it and caring about it, and I just kind of got so frustrated that, like, I, I am assured now that they're, oh, they're, you know, my big thing for a long time is that it never moved forward, right? It never, it never changed, Right. You know, when I play Yasuo, he is an interesting character with a cool personality and backstory, but he doesn't go anywhere from there. Right. You know, like the thing that makes me interested in characters is is their change over time. I want to see what my favorite characters are doing next. Right. I want to see the new thing that is happening. Right. And that and that just never and that just like never took place. Um, outside of like the gangplank, there was a, that one time gangplank died and got reworked. And that was like a small bit of story where he he his story got 
pushed ahead a little bit or whatever. Um, and that just like forever made me salty about League of Leg Legends lore, so that I'm kind of uninterested in the show. I feel like you would hate fighting games. Um, like, 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 yeah, fighting game. I, I have always had a good time with fighting games, at least on a story perspective. Like, I'm trying to think, like, Dragon Ball Z Budokai, Dead or Alive, right? Soul Calibur, right. all of those fighting games have like lore and story to them because it is about, I mean, like, Dead or Alive is like the dumbest example of this, but it is just the like there is a tournament win the tournament right yeah yeah no I, I absolutely um absolutely um my my headset is dying so i need to plug it in my apologies uh that is okay um oh uh, i'm sorry I have, I have a cable here but yes um i got this new this new uh headset and uh i don't know where i put the cable i got this new wireless headset because oh my god, I can tell it's actually an Arctis Pro Seven, right? Yes, it is. Or it, might, it might not be Pro. Is it Pro? Um, uh, I don't know if it's Pro or not. It's the Xbox edition because it was slightly cheaper. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So the Arctis Pro, the cool thing about that, just to I can show I can show the stream. You guys at home aren't going to see this. They actually give you a second battery and a little battery port. So I this is an Arctis Pro Seven. I actually never plugged this thing in. I just swap the battery, you know, one for one uh. basically. Whenever, um, whenever it it runs out, and that's like the dumbest feature, but I fucking love it. Yeah, this is the also Lou in the chat says story league is very event based, and it fills out backstory more than future change. Yeah, exactly. This is this is my frustration, right? Um, and ultimately, why I you know like I am deeply invested in something like WoW lore, right? Because WoW lore is constantly moving forward, even if it's not moving forward in a way that I like love or whatever, or the story is bad or whatever. At least I get to tune in and see what my favorite characters like Varian Rin or Anduin Rin or Taronda Whisperwind or Sylvanas Windrun. Well, like what are my, who, who are my favorite characters and what are they up to? Every WoW expansion tells me, right? Every WoW patch pushes that story like forward. And they, so that's the thing that I feel like is missing when it comes to when it comes to League, hey, so, it's so, listed, it's missing. That's just the thing that frustrated me is that that never happened. Yeah. So so what's uh what's uh what's what's his name? Bane Bloodhoof up to? Yeah. Well, yeah. What is Bane Blood? I mean, Bane Bloodhoof is one of my favorite characters, and he is also just sitting in fucking like. Well, well, that's, or that's my point, yeah, right? I mean, you you yeah, go I, years that, without that. Any. Definitely is that definitely is frustrating to a certain extent, especially because like um. One thing that I think is a little bit tough about WoW's story is that um, it kind of always has to introduce more stuff than it can ever carry forward, right? So, like, if you think about, you know, like, going back, right, every every expansion has to launch with a blast of new characters and new story to play through because that's the point of an expansion, right? And you're leveling through that or whatever, and you're, you're, doing, you're doing all this shit. You're doing all this cool stuff. Um, but that always is going to leave people in the dust because you just can't carry forward every single character from every expansion to every future expansion. You just can't like carry that that bloat, right? So even though Talanji is a character that got a lot of screen time in Battle for Azeroth and, you know, like is someone that I'm connected to from my time playing BFA, she doesn't show up in Shadowlands or do anything in Shadowlands, right? Um, so Yeah, I don't know, even know who that is. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, it's just it's just like kind of like the dangers of like a living world, right? Like yeah. Like, you know, what's happening in Destiny at any point in time is, like, cabin to, like, usually, like, a handful of characters. Um, 
Uh, yeah. It's also frustrating because, like, you know, like, I, I have a lot of frustrations with how the WoW story is just fundamentally told because you learn mo almost everything on the fucking PTR where, like, half of the quest text is, like, data mined or whatever, right? And then there's, there's these encrypted cinematics, and the cinematics are, you know, like, the only – what – that's the only thing that they hold on to until they go live, right? Um, so, you know, like that, I think that interaction is just like very tough. Yeah. The best way to experience WoW's story is not paying any attention to the fucking PTR and to just wait for it all to come out. But if you want to engage in the wider WoW community to any extent at all, you are constantly going to be flooded with spoilers from like WoW head data mining articles. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's the that's a good question. What are you gonna do? Um, the only other thing I've been doing is playing Cyberpunk, uh, which obviously is probably something we're gonna end up talking about in its own episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess I don't have to hit on that too much. Um, you know, Hearthstone, dumb shit. I'm shocked you have no interest in learning why Jinx is crazy. B. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's like scarred over at this point, right? Like, I got so frustrated and so fed up with League of Legends lore that I just kind of cut ties with it. So even though Jinx is a character that I did like, right, you know, I just, like, don't, I like don't want to learn more. I don't want to do more. I'm pretty sure it's because she, like, drop, was dropped into a vat of cloud acid, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, um, on my end, I've mostly been playing cyberpunk as well um and halo um have i done anything else i played some pathfinder over the weekend which was nice um pathfinder 2e is fun highly recommend <laughs> um I don't, I don't know uh oh i've been watching i watched the whole first season of 30 rock which is not a show that i had watched you've before. never seen 30 rock 30 rock was like this show that like i kind of reserved for like i will watch episodes on planes because they always have a couple and it's good to not know them because it's a thing that will delight me on a plane and i don't care enough about it to, to watch the whole thing so, okay but then i but then i decided to watch the whole first season and i might watch more um yeah it's a, it's a fun show um gets a thumbs up from me very interesting because season one's like 2007 i think um mm -hmm. there's an episode where like um jenna is that the character's name like the the actress um like yeah this is this is how like weird this is to me like it i did not realize that they were like running a show until i like watched the pilot um uh like i just like didn't understand what what the premise of the show was about I was just like oh there's Liz lemon and then there's um you know jack donaghy and they have uh you know hijinks that I didn't really understand or care about like the greater context um but there's a a show where Jenna gets in trouble because like she says um she she like she's like she's she's in Maxim's like sexiest like comedians or whatever and like she accidentally like said like she is misquoted as saying like she hates the troops um and, like, so she has to go, like, to this apology tour. But, like, part of it is that she, like, goes on hardball with – on MSNBC with Tucker Carlson because that's where he was at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you know, just seeing Tucker Carlson and, like, what, what did she say? She's, like, you were very angry for someone who was so handsome. And he's, like, wow. <laughs> it's, like, a weird, like, um, you know, just kind of, like, point out of time considering where we are, like, you know, you know, 14 years from there. Um you know, it's a fun show. Uh, yeah, I, it is a good show. It is part of the um, 
I, I, it's very much in that class of the office, Parks and Rec community, right? Early yeah. 2000s. I mean, it starts in 2007, I guess, but it obviously runs till 2013, 2014-ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Uh, it, it's very much in that in that zone of shows for me because it has that heightened reality. That's one of the things I appreciate about it. It has that heightened reality um, that is just like naturally more kind of comedic, right? Um, yeah. Because it is it is close to the real world, but it doesn't actually. You know, like Seinfeld is something that is very close to the real world, right? It's very versilimit ver. Uh. Uh, it, 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 it kind of Versus, like it leans millisitudinous or whatever. Yeah, I see what you're saying, okay. but it, it's like more yeah. more than Thirty Rock, but still not like all the way there, right? Yeah, but like Parks and Rec, uh, the Thirty Rock uh, community, right? Like these are these are shows, these are sitcoms that are like a little bit out there of reality. Um, Liz Lemon Please plays Halo. Is that a fact? Is that like a reference to a Thirty Rock? No, I, I think it's just actually being being being. Uh, okay, I do remember there is an episode of Thirty Rock where they uh, it's like the last day of the year and they have like a Halo Three thing where all of the writers play. A Tracy Jordan game. plays a lot of Halo. Like that's like a thing. That's like a recurring element in the, in the show. Is is he plays Halo? Because there's like a oh okay. There's like an episode in the first season where Kenneth joins his um squad or his crew, and like. He beats him at oh, he beats beats him him Halo. Halo. Okay, yeah, I remember this. Like, yeah, and then Grizzin.com are like, no, you can't. Yeah, yeah. You gotta let him win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, this is actually a great moment. Like, .com beats Kenneth, and Tracy Marks is like, you you beat Kenneth, but Kenneth beat me. That means by the transitive property, you should beat me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really do enjoy Tracy uh, Tracy Jordan in that show. Yeah, I'm Tracy Morgan. Tracy Jordan. Which one is his real name? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about this. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, is it, if it's Tracy Jordan in the show, it's Tracy Morgan in real life. It is his actual name for sure. Uh, played by Tracy Morgan. Wow. Okay. Yeah. For for a long time, I thought they just had the same name. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's that that is a very kind of like that that's interesting because that's kind of like um, you know, like uh. Like all of like those shows in like the like the what is it, like the fifties or the sixties, or like the Mary Tyler Moore show, um, mm-hmm. or the Andy Griffith show, like the characters all had the same first name, but like were technically not. That's dietary. true. I mean, I just watched season five of Big Mouth, which is the Nick Kroll John Mul- Mulraney show, and the main character is is Nick Birch. Uh, <laughs> so you know, very autobiographical, I guess by that point. Yeah. I mean that show. I I also I love Big Mouth. Also very like heightened comedy or whatever. Um, but, uh, the end of the fifth season, uh, does anybody care about these? There's no spoilers in Big Mouth, right? At the, at the end of the fifth season of Big Mouth, the most recent season of Big Mouth, Nick Birch storms the animation offices of Nick Kroll and has a conversation with live action Nick Kroll about, like, the teenage, you know, pubescent emotions he's feeling. <laughs> All right, then. Well, um... <laughs> We're at time, and we've got to go raid in 15 minutes. That's so. true. We do have to go raid in 15 minutes. we got to go kill Sylvanas. Yeah. Um, maybe Kel'Thuzad, too. Uh, so, I'm going to end it there. I'm going to say, uh, you know, if you'd like to tell us what you think about Halo Infinite or any of the other things we talked about on, on the show, you can email us at simdripsplaygames.com or podcast.simdripsplaygames. Um, Lou says, get on so, you can, so she can summon us, um, and we will be, <laughs> we'll be right there. Um, uh, what is it? Uh 
subscribe to us on SoundCloud and podcast places and give us ratings and all that good stuff. Um, we have a Patreon if you'd like to support us there, uh, at patreon.com slash Games. Um, that's everything I have, but do you have anything else you want to promote? Uh, the one thing I did want to mention is that this week we're doing movie night in the Akapara Games Discord at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. We're watching the 1989 Tim Burton Batman. Because that's what we, we watched Beetlejuice last time, and someone said, I think it was Mingo Neshoba, he was like, let's do, let's do Batman next. You know, like, the, continue the Tim Burton train. And... We're continuing the fucking Tim Burton train. So if you're doing anything, if you're not doing anything this Friday at four Pacific, seven Eastern, come hang out. All right. Awesome. Well, with that, I'm going to say until next time, your listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners. <laughs>